this is my 11th candlelight here in Ruston, and I have not been out of, ran out of town yet. Isn't that amazing? And Lynn is probably saying about nine out of these 11. We gave her a two-year sabbatical, and, but she's off the sabbatical back in the, uh, the routine now. You know, I looked at this crowd earlier, and I thought, man, this is awesome. People have come here to worship. They've come here to sing. Two or three even came here to hear me preach. I mean, it's awesome. And, and Doug, one of our church members, caught me right before church, and God used him to humble me and said, look what happens when you have cookies and hot chocolate at the entryways. And amen, Doug. I think you are, you are right. We are so glad that you're here tonight. I want to talk for a few minutes about the word really. Really, that may sound unusual, but you know, with Christmas, there really is a lot of reallys, if you think about it. You may have gotten a phone call in the last week, you may get one tonight, and you find out that that uncle, that aunt, that cousin, that family member is really coming to your house, and your response is, really, really, really? Or you get that call that that family member or that friend that you haven't seen is coming, and it's a completely different expression of, really, they're going to come and they're going to be a part of it. I promise you in a crowd this size over the next few weeks, there's going to be women who are going to say, your husband really got you that for Christmas? And then there's going to be others with jealous and envy are going to say, your husband really got you that for Christmas? You know, really, is a, it's an interesting word. It's a very diverse word. It's an adverb. It modifies adjectives and verbs and other adverbs. And it's a word that, that states truth. When you say really, uh, you're, you're saying this is really how it is. Or it can be a word of exasperation, as I mentioned, really. Or it can be a word of a, of a strong expression that something's really true or this is really a fact. And tonight, we're going to look at some reallys of Christmas that I think are great. In Matthew 1, 23... It says, the virgin will be with child and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, folks, get a load of this. When the baby was born 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, the baby was a, a fully human baby, but it was God in the flesh. Really and truly, God became man and lived among us. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's one of those really, that's just unbelievable. In Luke chapter 2, we're going to look at verses 1 through 7, and there's a lot of reallys in this story too. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a, a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. Verse 4, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born Babies are born when they want to be born. Have you ever noticed that? And she gave birth to her firstborn son. This is Jesus. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. This is a really moment for me. Here's, here's the Son of God. We've just seen God in the flesh being born, Emmanuel. And when it came time for him to be born, his teenage poor peasant parents had to walk or take a donkey 90 miles going up in elevation from Nazareth to 
Jerusalem, then another five or six miles to Bethlehem. When they get there, there's not even a place for them to stay. So the innkeeper or someone says, hey, guess what? We have a barn where you can sleep in. The barn, a lot of caves were used as barns. And so while they are in this barn, this cave with animals sleeping, Mary has baby Jesus. So the Son of God is born in a barn, literally, when Jesus grew up and left the door open and his mom said, hey, Jesus, were you born in the barn? He could say, yes, mother, I was, matter of fact. And he was laid in a manger, which is a cattle feeder, an animal feeder. That, that's a really, I mean, that is, a, that is an unusual story. But let me tell you why this happened. Let me tell you why Jesus Christ came from heaven to earth. Listen, he didn't come just to, for some agenda uh, that, that, you know, God just said, look, we're bored up here in heaven. Let's just do something. He came for some specific reasons, and I want to give you three this evening. Here's the first one. Christmas is about this, that God really loves you. Why did, why did God become man? Why did, why did Jesus leave heaven to come to earth? Because God really loves you. You know, oftentimes the best present you could give someone is the gift of your presence. True? Especially if you love that person. Kay, where are you? Kay, there's Kay Bradford. I told her I was going to use this. I asked Kay Sunday, was Kayla and her daughter coming home for Christmas? And Kay had a big smile on her face. She said, well, Friday night I got a surprise. Uh, Some of Kayla's friends told me to come outside, and I went on the porch, and there was a package on the porch. And as I unwrapped it, my daughter, home from Knoxville, Tennessee, pops out of the package. Kay, it couldn't have been a better gift, could it? And that, that's, that was a gift that said, Mama, I love you. And certainly, I guarantee you, Kay let her know how much she loved her too. You know, when God decided, when God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit decided that Jesus was going to leave heaven to come to earth, you know why he did it? He did it because he loves you. In John three sixteen and 17, two of the, at least one of the most familiar verses in the Bible, listen to what it says. For God so loved the world. That means he loved tremendously. The world means the sum total of individuals, which that means you and me, that he gave his one and only son. That's not only Easter, but that's Christmas, that Jesus left heaven to come to earth for you and me. Verse 17 is a verse that doesn't get a lot of play. Verse 16 overshadows it. But it says, for God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world, to condemn you, but to save the world through him. Listen, one of the big reallys of Christmas is this. God really loves you. Isn't that wonderful? But here's the second part of it. It doesn't end there. That's the beginning. God is really trying to reach you. Now, this is for Christians too. This is for Christians who are far from God or for all of us as Christians who are trying to get closer to God or for you here tonight who maybe you came here and you're an atheist, you're a pagan, you have no interest in God. I want to tell you, God loves you and God is really trying to reach you. In verse 11, look what it says. Today in the town of David, not just a baby has been born, but a Savior has been born. Listen, Jesus came from heaven to earth on a mission, and that mission was to reach you and me. I read a story recently that happened during World War II. A lot of heroes, certainly a lot of villains, but a lot of heroes in World War II. And this was a story that happened in Poland. In Poland was one of the the most infamous concentration camps, Auschwitz. Many of you or most of you have heard of Auschwitz before. Terrible, terrible place. 
Well, when this camp was first developed, they didn't know what was going on. The people outside the camp, you didn't have days when you'd go prison visits or anything like that. They just knew that large numbers of their family and friends were going in there and they were never hearing from them again. There was a particular man, I'm not going to dare try to pronounce his name, a Polish man who was fighting against the Nazis in the late 1930s. And he wondered what's going on inside of that, that horrible camp. We hear it's nothing but a prisoner of war camp, but people are going in there that aren't prisoners. They're not warriors. They're, they're little girls. They're little boys. They're going in, and we're never hearing anything else about them. What can I do? What can I do to make a difference? Here's what this crazy man did. He found out where the, the Nazis were going to have a big arrest party in the near future of Jewish people, and he went down there, and he protested the Nazis. Guess what happened to him? He ended up in Auschwitz. By his own desire. And when he got in the concentration camp, he not only was trying to survive, but he was on a mission. He was trying to help the people who were in the prison, trying to help them live. He was trying to get information out to the allies and other people to let them know this place is a slaughterhouse. They are killing people. They are murdering people. What kind of person gets put in a prison like that on purpose? Someone who loves people and is desperately trying to reach people and help them. Why in the world would God leave heaven to come to earth? Because he loves you. And he wanted to do everything he could to reach you. See, that's one of the two things Christmas is really about. It's about more than these three things, but these are three of the major ones, that God loves you, and God is really trying to reach you. And let me give you the third part of this. God really wants you to respond to him. God loves you. God's trying to reach you, but you you and I have got a part in this. And that part is, is that God wants us to respond to him. Leith Anderson, is, he's retired, but he was a pastor in Minneapolis, Minnesota for years. And he tells a story that, that I've never been able to get out of my mind. He went to Manila in the Philippines several years back, probably a decade or so ago. And he was being shown around uh, the Philippines by a local pastor. One day they came upon a huge garbage dump, not a, not a dump like you and I are familiar with, but Acres and acres and acres and acres of garbage. And as Leith looked out there, he noticed there were shacks amongst the garbage. And he asked the pastor, he said, is this some kind of government, you know, where they have little housing meetings or whatever? He said, no, those people live in those shacks. He said, what do you mean people live in those shacks? He said, Leith, people are born on this garbage dump. People are raised on this garbage dump. People are married on this garbage dump, and then they raise their families, and then they die, and they are buried on that garbage dump. I don't know about you, but that's enough to make me kind of stop in my tracks. But that's not even the most fascinating part of the story. Then, then the man went on to tell Leith, he said, listen, there are missionaries that leave their homes in their countries and that come to Manila to reach those people on the garbage dump. And Leith, guess where they live? They live on the garbage dump. They don't live out in the, in the burbs. They don't live in the bad part of town. 
they come and live in the garbage dump with the people. There's only a few reasons you would do that. One, you're nuts. Two, you believe God's called you to do it. And even with that, you would have to have a tremendous love for those people and a desire to reach those people that you knew the only way you're going to reach them is by becoming one of them. But certainly if you're a missionary with any sense and you're going to that extreme to reach somebody, you want them to respond to you. Folks, God left heaven to come to earth. Jesus Christ. Because he loves you, because he wanted to reach you, And it's time to quit sitting on our hands or in our heart. And it's time to make a decision that we are going to respond to Christ with our lives as we should. I want to show you a video. And before we we show the video, I want to give you a little lead in on it. There was a, a, a master sergeant, an airman, who was deployed. And he got to come home a month early. He told his wife, but they kept it from their son, and they were somehow able to coordinate this with the son's football team, with the team they were playing, and with the referees. And so what the daddy does is he dresses up like an opposing football player. And when the captains of the team are meeting at midfield, I'll point out which one is the dad, and you'll be able to quickly see which one is the son, and you're going to see something amazing. Let's watch this video. Number 70 is the dad. to admit the first time I watched it I teared up and I normally only tear up at Rocky movies so (laughs) You, you know what was the best thing the dad could have given his son it's money FaceTime an email now the best thing the dad could give his son was himself in the flesh (laughs) even put on a football uniform to to be one of the guys to come. And he did that because he loved him, and he did that because he wanted to touch him. But, you know, I'm telling you, the dad was expecting a response. We wouldn't have been watching that video if the kid would have said, hey, Dad, we got a game going on. What's Christmas about? It's about the birth of Jesus Christ, absolutely, 110%. But it's also really about you and that God loves you. It's really and truly about it's time that you and I realize God's trying to reach us and that it's time to respond to him. Will you? Let's pray. This evening, if you're a Christian, 
Here's what I want to ask you to do. In your own words, in your own way, would you just say to Jesus, Jesus, I love you. And I'm responding to you tonight. I'm coming back to you. Maybe I'm not away from you. I'm coming to you fully. And God, on this Christmas Eve, I'm laying my life before you. And if you're not a Christian or you're unsure if you're a Christian, I want to ask you where you're seated to pray with me. And to simply say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. And tonight I want to turn from my sins. I accept that you're the Son of God, Jesus, and that you died for me and arose for me. Come into my heart, Jesus. And tonight, I respond to you. Here's my life. Let me have your attention just for a second. If you got a program when you came in, I want you to look at that for a moment, if you would. On the back of that program is a, is a little card. I want to ask if everyone here, if you would, would you take a moment and fill this out with me? We're just going to ask you to leave it at, on your seat when you're, when you're finished so you don't have to do anything with it. But would you put your name on there? And if you are a first-time guest tonight or you have new information, would you, would you fill out that? And then there's a place to record a decision. Maybe this wonderful, beautiful Christmas Eve, you've made a decision for Christ. Maybe tonight you ask Christ in your heart. Or as a Christian, you are making a recommitment of your life. Would you check that? And if you have a prayer need, we would love to pray for you. Write your prayer request on that card, if you would. And again, when we're finished... I just want to ask you to just lay it on the pew beside you, and we'll pick it up when we're done. Thank you so much for doing this for us.